This is Kyle Cord, and you're listening to Austin, Felix, and Matt on the Debbie Debate. Welcome to the Debbie Debate. All right, boys. Are we ready to debate? Austin, you tweeted something, girl. You tweeted your running back tonight. Explain yourself. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand. <laughs> you jumped up and... That's Austin Nate, who is going to be that guy. And for me, B. John Robinson is still going to be that guy. Back to the ground with Robinson, who spins him and tries to bounce it. A stiff arm, another one as he rides it, keeps his balance. They're going to say he stepped out, but I'm... I'm Felix Sharp. I know you didn't think that we would get through this episode without mentioning the name one Zach F. Wilson. Screen or draw? Oh, Wilson is going to uncork for the end zone. And he drops it in beautifully. And it is his roommate, Dax Milne, on the touchdown. That's Matt Brody. G. Scott Jr. Obviously, I whacked poetic about him on the last episode, so I won't do that again here. And this time it's Fields on the carry. Watch out! Justin Fields! Hello, Columbus! 51 yards! Vernon, are you ready to go head-to-head with me? I am. Gotta get my popcorn out here. Hold on. Gotta continue. I got to Kyle McCord is going to end up winning the job. He's going to be rated higher. Um, well, I'm not nearly as passionate about what I'm about to talk about. Our apologies to Kirk Street. We ran out of time. We'll get to reschedule soon. And for Matt Bruning and Austin Nate, I'm Felix Sharp. Good night and good luck. You know, I'm wondering if Mike Valerie is right. He has made fun of us saying that we can't call the show Debbie debate because we don't talk about Debbie. And I don't, I've been thinking about this for a long time. I don't know if he's like wrong. We probably dealt. I mean, it's because of the, the format that we're promoting here. Campus can we dive deeper than just, you know, the top 20 running backs. Should the name of the show be changed? No. Alliteration means everything. Just be honest. Is that your analysis? That's my analysis. <laughs> I mean, it's we'll a good point though. It's hard to hard it's to argue point. with alliteration. It's a great yeah. point. What do you what are you gonna call I this? Mean, Canvas can't debate. That doesn't. Yeah, that we, doesn't we, we go college debate. Like that makes no. We're we gonna get Will Ferrell up here and we're like, oh, I blacked out. I mean, it is in the middle of an argument. <laughs> <laughs> it's really like college football discussions. That's is that too long of a name? Please, yeah, nobody's uh, turning into CF, CFD. That's what we'd have to call it. Nobody's gonna please t- the full name. Tweet at Campus DeCant and let us know is college football discussions with Matthew, Chris, and Felix and Austin. Is that too long of a name for a show? Um, we this is actually week one, guys. So we we are uh getting we're gonna get information, we're gonna get new data points to base our analysis on. We have some old data points to base our analysis on from week zero. I think the most impactful game from a Debbie perspective 
was the North Carolina game. Um, you've got George Petaway, you've got Amarion Hampton, you've got Drake May, you got Andre Green. You know, Phil Longo has produced NFL players for a long time. So we were paying attention to that one. But <laughs> FAMU uh, and HBCU in Tallahassee had 20 players ineligible, including multiple starters. I think it was three starters, but they were down to like seven or eight offensive linemen, two of whom went down in the game. Of course, that's what happened. Um, Austin, I mean, we know that this was about money. They got $450,000 to play. That's what was on the line uh, for them playing this game. Should they have played this man? Should they have? Should should Fam have played this particular game? I've gone back and forth on this all week. I think you know the the money is obviously why they did it. I mean, they 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 that money probably runs their athletic department for basically the entire year. Um, I think there's something to be said for the fact that this is sounds like it was a self inflicted wound on FAMU's part. Um, at least like, I, I don't, we're going to get like the full story on this. We haven't yet, at least to my knowledge, like maybe the full story is just the compliance office messed up. I, that it could be as easy that I feel like there might be, um, something else that that's going along with it. Um, the fact that it was self-inflicted means that they probably should have played it. Like if it had been outside of their control, I think, I think you say, you know, maybe th- this is, this is not best for these kids. Um, but that's kind of my take on it, but like, I don't, I, I've gone back and forth in this all week. Like I, you just said, I mean, how many offensive linemen they have left at the end of the game? I mean, you're, you're a, a snap away from putting out D linemen or, or a tight end or just somebody that, that shouldn't be out there. I mean, that is, that is dangerous at a certain level. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the takeaway UNC is a team that has um, ACC championship aspirations. They were great for two and a half to three quarters. They were getting the pa- passing the ball on on, uh, on UNC. Tony Grimes supposed to be, you know, a very good player. I think he might've went down with a concussion in this game. Don't quote me on that. Um, but the running backs, Moxley, Omari and Hampton was the value in C2C startup drafts. George Pettaway was going a little bit earlier because he was in the spring. Was Hampton the better value? Who ended up being Campus Dan's freshman of the week? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's hard to argue that he wasn't, right? I mean, he came out 14 carries over 100 yards. Uh, a fairly dominant performance. I thought Petaway looked great as well. So there's a lot of Hampton hype. I also want to give Petaway his due. Like, he, he looked pretty good as well. At cost, Hampton is definitely the value. And I actually want to touch on something Austin said about uh, whether or not they should have played this game. It funds the athletic department. That is one thing. They probably don't have football without these games. That is, that's just true. Um, that's how a lot of matchups uh, work and why these teams play these teams. Cause they get like a million dollars, half a million to a million dollars to play. It, it just, it, it ha- these games have to happen. However, they put their players at a lot of risk and the players penned an open letter to the administration uh, yesterday, I believe, uh, detailing you know, like their grievances and stuff. And I, I side with the players a lot on this. Player safety means they should not have played in any capacity. They were down their best player, Isaiah Land. He's a phenomenal linebacker, and he couldn't play. So they were going in 
risking a lot with their injuries. And you have to feel for the players who had a lot on the line, like injury wise, career wise. I just, they had to do it to maintain probably the football program long-term. Like you have to play these games. And I, I feel for that, but man, these players got a really bad end of the deal. I agree with you on that, but we've seen that the schools don't care. Like it's, that's kind of been shown to us over decades of college football that they don't care about that stuff. Is that not fair to say? I almost wonder if, um, like for most instances, I don't think schools care because this is money in the administration's pocket and like they can do what they want with it for the most part. This game matters to the, uh, Florida A&M like football program. Like without this, I don't know, like each year them playing a school and getting half a million dollars, $2 million. That helps keep the program afloat. That's not money going to the administration's pocket as much. And so I have a lot more sympathy for this situation versus like in teams were just rolling out injured dudes and saying, we want to win. Like, I don't know. I, I, I think this is a very different situation. It's really complex because of it. So I, I also don't want to go at Felix's first show back here, but I also want to kick back on the Amario Hampton is just like a, a better uh, value right now. It's one game in week zero. Like we don't know that he's going to continue to get a hundred yards every single game and be better. That you said he's a better value than George Petaway. I think I, I think it's fair to say we don't know the answer to that right now. It's week zero. He hasn't done anything okay. throughout the. You could probably season. you could probably trade Amari and Hampton for more than what you acquired him for. And I mean th- that that player he is raw. He is a 225-pound dish back, but he doesn't yet run like it. He is he doesn't thump through tacklers. Um, uses more elusiveness. He may learn how to play um, with with more aggression, like a Javante Williams who went there. I also want to touch on something Austin said, which is calling FAMU FAMU. Um, we just generally just don't say that. We call it FAM. Kwame Kilpatrick, former Detroit mayor, former FAMU offensive lineman. Uh, Matt, Drake May looked good he was inaccurate at times uh hitting the hitting josh downs in the feet at least uh, two touchdowns that i saw or two 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 passes that i saw qb 18 are you okay with that Cade klubnik we've got right above him grayson mccall we've got right above him qb 18 does that sound about right no i mean that's not the way my rankings look i got actually roasted by i believe moxley and alfred for having Cade club nick as far down in my qb rankings as i did so i would not have club nick ahead of um i forgot who we we're even talking about now drake may i would not have him ahead of drake may or grayson mccall i don't see any real nfl upside with mccall and i also don't even i can't i don't even necessarily think he could have a better a better season than may this year so no neither one of those makes any sense to me i mean i get Possibly Klubnik, five-star, number one in his class. There's a lot of talk. I mean, I know Dabo has been out on the trails. We're going to start him. He's our guy, whatever. He's got to actually do that at some point. DJU's got to play bad enough to get benched and Kate Klubnik come in and then show me even something close to what Drake May did. I mean, the one thing about Klubnik is Moxley, we talked about this last week, there's no real true freshmen competing for any jobs at the quarterback position this year. None. The only reason Kate Klubnik is there, I think, is because they're worried about what DJU is going to be, and they just have nobody else in that room. 
I think the we talked a lot about it the last time all four of us were here with the Trevor Lawrence and Kelly Bryant situation. I just do not believe that Klubnik as is as refined and as good of a prospect as Trevor Lawrence. So I think throwing him out there and then expecting him to even be as good as Drake May was the other night is a little bit ridiculous, especially with the offense that that team is sh- that they've shown that they've run an offensive line that I don't necessarily think is that good. And I don't even know who their weapons are going to be because I understand Adam Randall just came back after three weeks of tearing his ACL. I need to actually see him out on the field and doing something before I believe that he's actually going to be able to play. So I would not have either one of them ahead of Drake May right now. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm inclined to agree with you. The more and more I look at um, Grayson McCall, I'm like, he's probably not an NFL quarterback. And some guys we have ranked uh, – uh, lower than McCall are potential NFL quarterbacks. So, you know, that's something that I'm going to look at. But I, I want to hit on something you touched on. Austin, if Cade Klubnik starts, I don't know that the situation there is great. Like, I don't know that he is going to be a difference maker. He's not Trevor Lawrence as a prospect. I don't know that he's going to be Deshaun Watson. Do you see him taking the job from DJ Uyunglele and then elevating the team to a to a level that DJU couldn't. Well, if we want to bring this show back to Debbie debate roots here, uh, Matt, I've got some problems with what you said. Literally everything you just said about Kate Klubnik could have applied to Drake May a week ago. We had never seen him play. Ooh, the offensive true. line there is poor. But we don't know we, we we don't know what any of anything. the weapons look like. They have Josh Downs. Oh, well, Who, I disagree. You know, do you know what? The, no other wide receiver had more than five targets on that team last week. That's there fine. were drops all over the place. Andre Green ran twenty or ran had twenty snaps, ran seven routes, wasn't targeted at all. He's a lot more raw than people want to admit, and he's not going to get out there every game because not every team is Florida A and M. I mean, I, let's not get this overinflated sense of uh, of Drake May because he went out there and beat up a bad team, missing their best defensive player, which we just established, which he he just did what he should have done in that game. I'm not going to knock him for it, but let's not – if you put Cade Klubnik out there on that team in that game with those weapons, he does almost the same exact thing. I agree. So I think but the, he doesn't the have Drake Josh Downs. way above. I don't know what we're seeing here. I, I I think like at worst they're they're basically the same tier. I think it's a it's a tier of eight or nine guys, and they're kind of both sitting there. Matt has Matt has May ranked eleven. I do, and Klubnik yes. ranked sixty. Yeah, still so not right quite now. the same <laughs> tier here. Look, I've are I've been extremely honest this entire time that I do not think Klubnik is a good quarterback. I might end up being wrong on him. He was like my sixth in the freshman class, like. You guys, again, Alfred said the same thing. I know he's got him as his number one. That's fine. You guys can believe in Club Nick all you want. He's not that high for me. I don't think he's special. In so any this is less of a fashion. belief in Club Nick, though, and more of just uh, I feel no, like you're it's, you're overreacting to one game. Well, no, Drake May was already up there team. for me to begin with, so it's not even overreacting. I've had him there. My point with that is with Club Nick, like I'm not disagreeing with the situation. The difference is. Do you have more faith in the play calling at North Carolina or Clemson? Because I, I have more bil- you- uh, North Carolina. Yeah. Which okay. school do you have a do you have more faith in to be able to surround them over the course of their three four years there with top I talent? I would pick Clemson. Say, I would not say that based on the past couple classes that Mac Brown's had though, and if he continues to build that out, like again, we're we're putting so much on what Clemson's done. Look, great. One of the best programs the past decade, right? They've won two national championships. It's hard to say other teams have done that. 
I've stated multiple times, I honestly think that was 100% because of Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence and not Dabo Sweeney. Do not think he's a good coach. Do not think he's a good recruiter. We complained all summer long about how he recruits the same wide receiver talent, and now we're over here. Well, he brings all these great players in around Cade Clubnick. No, but we can't have both sides of it. What is it? He's not a good recruiter, and he brings in the same player, or he brings in all this great talent and surrounds well, I, his quarterback. It seems like you're overestimating what UNC has brought in, though. Not at all. I mean, the offensive line, there. Florida A&M was living in the backfield without their best defensive player against North Carolina. We watched Sam Howell I, I don't, get beat up last year in the same offense, and he was like a guy that had been there, done that. I think we're giving a feather to what Phil Longo can do development-wise. DK Metcalf, Elijah uh, uh, Moore. Um, oh, come on now. Daz Newsome. AJ Brown, AJ like, Brown, that offense. Yeah, um, yeah I mean the kid's name, Dawson Knox was there tied in. Demarcus Lodge, that's who I was looking for. Yeah, I mean they've really for maybe they haven't recruited as well as Clemson have. They seem to have put more NFL talent. I mean, if we're listing, NFL. I mean Daz Newsom belongs in the same tier as like Amari Rogers, though, right? I mean Justin Ross pre-injury was a great player. T Higgins, they. Clemson's put just as many guys in the NFL as, as Longo has. Probably They've got DK, time range. And, I, and I'm giving Phil Longo credit for DK Metcalf. I'm giving him credit for A.J. Brown. I mean, those are two. So then, and, then Josh, and then Josh Down. Josh Down is going to be a first or second round draft pick. Like, so I, I'll, I'm fine putting Ross up there because you're right. Because of the injury. Had he not get the injury, he's probably getting first round draft pick. It's Ross Higgins. That's it. Wasn't that like, guy before Higgins? Now Not it's even. completely gone, but I feel like there yeah, Higgins I like basically so. there was a baton that went from someone to Higgins and Higgins to Ross, and now I'm blank. The only two I remember are Higgins and Ross. Was Dabo I mean, there for this? Is why Hopkins we need Mike Valerie, Sammy Watkins, Martavis Bryant, Mike Wallace, and Davis Bryant. Yeah, but that was before that was before Tony Elliott's time, wasn't it? Martavis Bryant. Antonio, I guess it depends. I guess it depends who you want to attach the name to. Do you want to attach it to the coordinator that was there? Are you attaching it to the head coach? Like, well, we already know I'm not giving Dabo any credit. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, (laughs) I actually think North Carolina's done a bad job of developing talent for what it's worth. Um, they have had consistent like top 12, 15 recruiting classes and have done jack crap with it. Um, this has been a very poor developmental program recently. Just just throwing that out there. I think that's also because of Mac Brown. I mean, that's why Texas didn't ever really put that much into the NFL either. Just being honest. Let's say hypothetically that you want to support what it is that you're doing, but you don't necessarily play campus to Canton. Here's what you played. You, if you're playing props, use our promo code on prize picks, promo code C2C. And not only did do you get a match of your deposit up to what? Is it a hundred dollars? A match of your deposit up to a hundred dollars. But you get a twenty nine ninety nine credit towards a membership at campuscan.com. And not only if you deposit twenty dollars, you have to deposit money. We've had a lot of people the past week use that promo code and not deposit anything. You're not gonna get anything from us, and you're not gonna get anything from prize picks either. So just to give people a head, I feel like we're gonna getting some emails soon, but from people that haven't gotten anything, and that's that's why. Yeah, ain't no free lunches around here. Go ahead and deposit between twenty and a hundred dollars. Uh, if you want to help us out, but you will, you can also correct me if I'm wrong, guys. If you can use that twenty nine ninety nine credit for a promotion that we are running right now, 
You can get the NIL level membership through the season. That includes our betting content. So not only do you get props, you can get our betting content uh, provided by Chris K, Chris Moxley, Alfred, Sowers. Ethan, and Ethan, Ethan Sowers. Sowers. Brandon Sanders. And Brandon Sanders. You get our betting content, which is included in our NIL package. So if you want to support what it is that we're doing and taking this grassroots thing national, then go ahead and use our promo code on prize picks, promo code C2C, promo code C2C. If you want more free stuff, then check out the t- – we've got you covered uh, Saturday morning. We've got you covered all Saturday morning. Matt, I'm going to let you do the announcement for what we're doing 8 a.m. to 10 a.m., but you can catch the tailgate uh, from 10 a.m. to 12. We're, we're going to cover, we're gonna cover start sits, props, betting. It's our college football morning show at 10 a.m. on the Campus to Canton YouTube page. Check us out there. At around 3.30 or when the first slate of games is done, we are jumping in the Discord with our subscribers to talk about what happened in the first uh, in the first slate of games. And then, of course, we tuck you in at night with College Fantasy tonight. Whatever that primetime game, that 8 o'clock game, probably to, uh, this week it's going to be Ohio State-Notre Dame. When that concludes, we immediately go to College Fantasy tonight. For some reason, Austin and Colin on Campus Life have been calling it College Football tonight. That is not the name of the show. It is Don't college change fantasy the name tonight. on me if you want. Another to get reason, it right, bro. Another reason. I'm going to look up. So, Campus Life is on. Is a part of the Fantasy Points Media Group. I'm going to see if we can get Campus Life canceled. I'm going to see if we can find an email address or something that we can send to. You know, the, it's Graham Barfield that runs Fantasy Points, right? Yeah. I'm, well, no. yeah, he he is part of it. I, I mean, he's part of it. it Listen, I'm going to find somebody's email address. And we can do this together, folks. We can get Campus Life canceled. Um, all right, that's it. So check us out, the tailgate. If you're a subscriber to the website, we jump in the voice chat, the halftime, halftime Discord chat, and then College Fantasy tonight. In the we, we get, you know, probably around 11.30 or so, 11, uh, and, and we recap all of the games. And then, of course, I mean, another free way to support us is rate and review. Rate and review the show. Matthew, what do you got? What is this announcement? The people who haven't heard. So there's two. I'm going to do the easy one first because you didn't read. Uh, We are moving Debbie Debate. If you guys listen to this on the solo Debbie Debate feed, we will. It will no longer be here after the next three episodes. We will be done. We are going over to put everything on. This counts as one. Yes, this all on all on the mothership there. C2C feed. That is where you'll be able to find it. So if you guys are only listening on the Debbie Debate feed. Go subscribe to the Campus to Can feed. Rate and review there. You guys have done a great job rate and reviewing on the Debbie debate side, but we're moving that over officially to the C2C after two more episodes after this. You get three altogether. This is one. You get two more. Wait, we before also- you go to the next one, yeah. we've done such a good job on this show of blackmailing and manipulating our audience into rating the reviewing the show and, quite frankly, just bribing the audience with stuff so if you are a supporter of ours and you haven't rate and rate rated and reviewed the campus to can podcast feed please do so we want to start directing all of our traffic to there so that is why we are discontinuing the debbie debate individual feed debbie debate is still going to be uploaded on wednesday night after we're done but it's going to be on that feed only starting in after this show two more shows you got notice 
Yeah, we did such a good job blackmailing people. They went and left a negative review about me on Campus to Cans feed about Debbie Debate. So it's great stuff. Anyways, uh, stop, Matt, stop yelling. Oh my God. I'm sorry. No, it was my Ohio State bias, which we talked about before the show, too. It gave, we got a one star because of that. It makes us. Yeah, Tom Gore was going to win the Heisman as a true freshman at Ohio State. Absolutely. Anyways, uh, so the big announcement if you're not following any of us on Twitter, you may have missed it. We announced our new show with Better Sports Network. So every Saturday morning from 8 to 10 a.m. Eastern, a mixture of the three or a mixture of the four of us, usually three of us, will be on every morning for two hours preparing you for the college football day. It is, although, a year-round show. So when college football is over, when NFL is over, We'll still be here. We'll still be talking college football, NFL. We're extremely excited for this opportunity. Again, our own radio show for two hours. Every single Saturday, we'll be doing betting, college football, NFL, everything. Anything you can think of. If you like Debbie Debate, that's what we're going to try and bring to this radio show. It's what they fell in love with, what we're going to bring over there. I mean, we're to say we're excited is, is, I think, an understatement. We can't wait for this opportunity. And if you guys are listening to this on Thursday, Austin and Felix will actually be premiering to kind of give a teaser of what the show will be Thursday from 11 a.m. to noon Eastern time. So make sure to jump on there. It is Better Sports. They have an app. Download it. It's free. You can interact with them during the show. You can even call in during the show and tell Felix, hey, Matt's always right. You're we wrong. totally know what we're doing. We totally, yeah. we totally know we're what we're going to make doing. it look totally like we prepared. do, whether we do or don't. We're totally, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. We totally know what we're doing. Um, Chris Moxley, what did we learn in week zero, if anything? Um, UNC's offensive line is terrible, and their defense is terrible. They're going to be struggling for a bowl game. Um, I think we didn't learn anything about the Western Kentucky offense. Um, I I am very skeptical to take big takeaways from that game. Um, UNLV is still really bad, but they kicked Idaho State's ass, and that was fun. But to be totally honest... I don't think we learned that much. We learned that Wyoming stinks, though. Wyoming stinks. And we talked about that all offseason. I got to follow up with you here, Chris, because I think there's some concerning signs from that WKU offense. And not from, like, the players themselves. I'm really interested in the play calling. I want to see a second game to kind of compare, and they're playing Hawaii this week. It's not a worse team than Austin P. or probably not by much, so uh, it'll be a similar, but... I, I went a little bit. I wrote an article about this this week, just a little bit about what WKU did this week. Slower pace of game slightly. Um, the pass run split was way off from last year. Last year, they ran about 50 pass plays a game and 25 rush. Like that was about the split. It was about two thirds, one third. It was 34 32 this week. It was almost identical, despite the fact that they didn't rush the ball well. Um, so, I, I mean, I, I don't think some of these guys are as intriguing for fantasy purposes. Like Malachi Corley had a big day. Only had five catches, and I think he only had six or seven targets. Like he had three touchdowns. That's safe. He had like sixty-three yards or something like that. Like some of these guys, yeah, they they there should be some concern if there's not massive volume that there's going to be some stinker weeks, which we didn't really get out of this offense outside of when they play like Notre Dame or something last year that that was a bad matchup. So I feel like I'm on an island on this take because I've seen a lot of the same thing that you're saying. I. I actually consume our content, so I read your article and I listened to Campus Life. Thank you. Uh, Thank you know the show we're trying to cancel, but you know this week wasn't too bad. I it's really hard. 
for me to make big takeaways about this offense with A, they're playing Austin P. B, Austin Reed is a quarterback who came from D2. Like, it's not even FCS to FBS. It's D2 to FBS. That's a really big jump. And so if they were running more plays, uh, like rushing plays to start the drives in the, like, the first half, which I think they were. I haven't had a chance to look at the data yet, so I, I, I am taking it from my observation of the game, which I watched mostly the full game. I'm not ready to throw in the towel on Western Kentucky being some like 50-50 split offense. I don't think it's going to be Bailey Zappi and Zach Kitley, who are both kind of enigmas in uh, like their uniqueness because you know Zach Kitley was just such a great offensive coordinator. Bailey Zappi was an NFL draft pick. We're not going to get that. But I think we're going to get a lot of value, and I'm not ready to write off this system quite yet, mostly because I think Ben Arbuckle is – has so much experience with Zach Kitley and he was Zach Kitley's right-hand man that I think we're going to see more of it. Week one, week zero, technically does not scare me as much, but I am, I am like alone in this take. Like I'm the only one who's, who doesn't think this apparently. So I listen to college life as well. A lot. Um, big fan of the show. And, uh, I just figured I'd help Felix out since you can't get his show, right? I, I won't get your show. Right. Um, consistently you've talked about co- on college life that uh you are not a believer in chase brown i think the one thing i learned of course obviously the the injury to mccray is, is a big deal there i, I the only thing i really learned is that if you have chase brown you're very happy right now because likely he's going to dominate all season long outside of that i learned i'm really ready for tomorrow because real football begins real jake hayner is playing tomorrow Al Poly, uh, I'm going to be paying attention to his sixth year uh, uh, playing, see if he can be an early day three draft pick. Um, if you are out there and you know the email that we can send to Fantasy Points to make a complaint, please shoot it to me at Sharp Review on Twitter, and then I'll tweet it out. We'll we'll be able to do this together. All By right, the way, I love hashtag. how you casually move those goalposts on Jake Hayner, too. First, he's what like a mean? back end of the first. Then he's like a no, round two. No, now, no, now all of a sudden, that. he's a. No, that's not a, true. Let's see if he gets a day three. That's, yeah, that's intriguing sixth year senior. That's intriguing sixth year senior. That is not, I've never, ever said that Jake Hayner was a potential even day two quarterback. I said he's a day three, whatever. He, I we got the poor receipts. We're pulling receipts on that. You know, Matt has a show. whole folder on his computer full of this. I don't know if you. If I, 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 I had to get a second computer because of that stuff. Matt has this whole folder. Of things that I've said about like Kyle McCord that he is never going to get to use. We'll so see. he's you just we'll you're see. just how much storage space do you have on your computer dedicated? I don't. To it's on my other computer. I now have to use this drive. one for. Yeah, you're gonna yes. Yeah, you're gonna drive, have to yeah. get an external hard drive. Go to Staples or something like that, and just just keep that stuff. You're not you're not going to be. They're going to raid Matt's house for his receipts, man. Unused receipts. Um, depth charts came out this week. Some interesting names, not where you would expect them to be. Let's start at Alabama. Ja'Cory Brooks, not listed as the starter. And not only is he not listed as the starter, I don't think that anybody was hyping Kobe Prentice as being someone who could potentially make an impact uh, in year one. No Dojo Earl, no Ja'Cory Brooks in the starting lineup. Kobe Prentice, Treshawn Holden, uh, Austin. What it, are these just guys, or or is this the Alabama receiving core of old, and they're just rebuilding with new names? 
he'll never listen to the content so we know that he he will never know that you just said that but alfred alfred has been a huge kobe prentice guy since day one he had him as like his third wide receiver in the class or something like absurd um so shout out to him he won't ever hear this don't go tell him don't go snitching um that that we said something nice about him here on the show um and I actually also want to give a shout out to the Debbie Royale guys who months ago had projected Holden to be a starter here. And I think, you know, I, I this isn't like, like Prentice only has his job because Earl got injured and Aaron Anderson has been banged up. Like they, they, they're a lot of things got us here at the same time. Like Prentice, obviously the guy that stepped out over some more experienced players. Uh, Holden's not taking advantage of any injury. Jacoy Brooks just didn't take this job. Like we thought he would. I mean, um so i think that's that's really really interesting um i do wonder like earl's gonna cut they say earl's gonna come back this year when earl comes back i wonder how like how good does prentice have to be to keep him off the field when aaron anderson's back how good does aaron, does he have to be to keep aaron anderson off the field like i'm i'm curious if this is just like a you're the starter and as long as you don't mess this up you're good to go or if there's going to be somebody to eventually come back in so i think that's something to watch for with prentice but if i I'm in like a, de- a deep Debbie league or a campus Canton league. I'm sniffing around that owner and seeing what I can possibly move for. It might be too late. Uh, it just, this, this is really, really hard because in 2020 you had Mookie Cooper, uh, Julian Fleming was the number one wide receiver, Jackson Smith and Jigba and G Scott all go to like, if you're, we're playing the averages here, you got four, four opportunities to get, you know, a fantasy relevant receiver and they're going where, to quote unquote wide receiver you Ohio State. One guy. One guy. The other guy transferred, hadn't even played. The other guy's a backup tight end. Now we go to uh this 2021 class between JoJo Earl, Ajay Hall, and Ja'Cory Brooks. Ja'Cory Brooks a backup. JoJo Earl can't stay healthy. Christian and Leary Hall, too. And Christian Leary. Yeah. A backup, and then Jai Hall might not ever play football again. He probably will. They're at Texas, but running with threes. It's just really, it's it's really really hard. It's really hard to get this right. All right. Um. So I have a question about Holden, real quick. Do we think there any part of that is veteran deference, or do we think it's legit Holden won that job? Because I Holden I, was I good in the spring game last year, though. He was yeah, all last year. Spring game last year, he got targeted a lot. Yes, but he was literally like, you know, five yard out, catch, tackle immediately. No wiggle, no juice. It was like the most. I can't believe this dude was ever recruited by Alabama, based on the, like what athletically he showed in that game. He was not an Alabama level athlete at all. Is I like this is actually shocking to me that he's even like on the two deep. I I'm. He feels like a prime guy where if you have him, you sell him now because I don't think immediately like yet, like yesterday like a, when the depth chart came out. Yeah. And this him. isn't like a, I love Jacory. Like there's just so much other talent on that team that is so much better than he is that I think by the end of the year, by a week, like five or six, I think this is no longer him. I, I think we, we've gotten used to seeing explosive plays from Alabama. It's hard for me to really see how that's going to come this year because if i'm a defensive coordinator i'm concentrating pretty much everything on uh, jermaine burton's gonna get my best corner and probably have a safety shaded to him and then i am watchful for jameer gibbs 
And I don't want to see him like line up outside. I don't want to see him on a linebacker or somewhere out in the slot. Like that's what like those would be my focuses because I'm not worried about Treshawn Holden. I'm not worried about Kobe Prentice. I'm not worried about Cameron Latu uh, beating me. And we're going to see, I mean, very early on week two, we're going to see them play Texas. Texas's offense, there's a chance that Texas's offense is more explosive, produces more explosive plays um, uh, than Alabama. And we're going to see Bill O'Brien versus Steve Sarkeesian. And who can put up the most explosive plays? Chris, uh, Chris Moxley, you were going to say something. No, I, 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 I was just going to remark that how much do you think hey, Saban – doesn't like that 2020 class he recruited 2021 class he recruited like i have a feeling that he does not like any of those dudes a whole lot he was very active in the portal this offseason i think that tells a lot about that class um but he's he's all he's talked consistently about how inconsistent the wide receivers from that class has been and obviously one of them is no longer even on the team speaking of wide receivers emmanuel henderson who was the number one running back in the class according to 24 7 sports is listed as a wide receiver who to thunk it well i mean we did at campus to can he was our he was in our second tier or third tier his, his running backs i think it definitely wasn't the first anyway we mentioned in the analysis yeah, of Henderson is this is a six foot two, lanky, thin frame guy who doesn't really look like a running back. And then in uh, high school, he was used on tosses and, and outside zones and things that didn't allowed him to use his speed and not necessarily manipulate blockers and get to the second level. So, is he a running back? Well, we learned that he is not, despite being a five star. Um, Austin, I want to come back to you on. Uh, the two freshmen starting at, at Kentucky, Dane Key, Barry and Brown, both of whom you were uh, high on. I've seen more of Brown than I have of Key. Do we do we care, though? Like, is this – are we going to see – are you expecting the explosive Wandell Robinson screen pass, run after the catch? Like, are these, are these two going to be productive there with Will Levis in Lexington? It's a really difficult question. Um, I like I I thought Brown would sit the bench this year because he profiles kind of like he's way bigger than Wandale. He's like six foot one. Like Wandale is you know five seven one seventy or whatever. Um, Barian's like six one one seventy or whatever. He needs to gain some weight. I thought that would be his role. Uh, so for him to have that Z job like that flanker role locked up early is actually really intriguing to me. I think that make makes me think that he's further along as a receiver than I anticipated him being at this stage. Like, I had no questions about him athletically. Pound for pound, he's one of the best athletes in this entire class. He's, like, 99th percentile burst and, like, speed and and acceleration and, and agility and all these kind of, you know, athletic marks you look for. Um, so it surprised me he's not he's starting, but I think he's got a chance to be a real – I mean, he was committed to Bama for a long time before he flipped to Kentucky. Um, so I, I really like him a lot. I still like I've I've been on record I think on this show when I we did like our deep freshman that breaks out this year I said Dane Key but I think in the long term Key is still kind of a limited guy plays he's a little tight he's pretty much a straight line guy he's gonna play on the boundary I think you can win you have him win deep a little bit but I'm not sure what else he does beyond that so I am interested to see overall how they fit in with this offense this year reports out of camp have not been good for this passing offense like at Kentucky like Will Levis has not looked good supposedly like the offense has not been able to move the ball consistently. 
It doesn't help that they're not, they don't have Chris Rodriguez there, who's one of the most efficient rushers in SEC history. Um, so I'm actually really like I actually don't predict either of them have like amazing years, but just the fact that they're on the field, I think is very, very telling and is a great thing for them and for us. Did you see Nate? Uh what's his handle? CFF Nate. Uh Nate Marquise, you know, a excellent mind, uh, works here at uh, Camp Skate with us. He tweeted about this earlier, actually. He said they have a new offensive coordinator, all the receivers, missing Rodriguez. They're without their best lineman, and they're without their offensive line coach who went to uh, Alabama. Like, this offense might be really bad. Like, I, I, I'm a little – I'm skeptical. I have to share the exact same skeptical uh, notion that you do, that we might just have really bad offense. I don't think it's good when – two freshman receivers start for you in the sec. If I'm just throwing that out there, like, I don't think that's a good thing. You really want more depth than that. Um, I'm excited for those guys. I mean, I, I like Darian Brown. I think Dane key was the talk of camp for the most part. Uh, he, you know, a lot of beat reporters were talking about how awesome he looked both in the spring and the fall, but I don't know that that's a good thing. Like, I don't know if you want two true freshmen starting each week. Like, I, it's cool, but, like, football-wise, I'm not sure it's good. Uh, another, I don't know, surprising or noticeable depth chart decision was the decision to list Luke Altmyer and Jackson Dart as co-starters for Old Miss. I think that Lane K- Kiffin has kind of proven that we should be at least paying attention to his quarterback, Matt Corral, an NFL draft pick, very productive college player. Um, Jackson Dart comes in from USC. We expected him to kind of be, it sounded like he and Michael Trigg were a packaged deal and that they would be throwing touchdowns to each other, you know, for this season. It doesn't appear at least at this point that that's the case. Luke Altmaier, who came in in the bowl game and was okay. Um, Matt, what are you doing with this particular depth chart? If anything, it feels like Jackson Dart is a hold, Luke Altmeyer is a hold, and wait and see. But it's not like you can start either of these guys right now. Yeah, I don't think you can start. If you wanted to, or if you had to start one, if, say, you drafted in believing that Jackson Dart was going to be the guy, I actually don't think I'd feel that bad about starting him this week. He does get Troy. I think he is going to be the starter. I mean, we talked a little bit about this. Uh, I think it was pre-show last week or a little bit. They also listed Michael Trigg as the backup tight end as the or starter. Like, come on, My- Michael Trigg is not going to be the backup. He's going to be the starter. I think a lot of this is something we've talked about a lot when it comes to Texas and a lot of these other schools. It's being a little bit indifferent toward the guy that you don't want to transfer out or lose. All the reports leading up to this last couple weeks for Ole Miss, I believe it was up until it was may have been Monday last week. I think it was kind of like the last little bit of reports that I was like actually really paying attention to was Dart had jumped Altmaier. And if the season were to have started Tuesday, he was going to be the starter. I don't believe then that he just goes out a couple days later as Lane Kiffin comes out literally before the depth chart is dropped and says, We're not naming a starting quarterback. And then Luke Altmaier, who A comes before D, last I checked in the alphabet gets listed above Dart as an or starter, and everybody's like, Luke Altmaier beat out Jackson Dart. Here we go. Like, calm down, people. 
Dart's going to be the starter. I guarantee you he probably starts with the <clears throat> as soon as Ole Miss gets the ball. I think he's going to be pretty good for Troy. Like we, I shouldn't say we, people are criticizing him for moving from an offense completely different from what he was running at USC, completely different weapons, complete different everything, going over there and having to learn an entire new system with an entire new set of receivers outside of Michael Trigg. And because Luke Altmar, as you mentioned, was there, who was playing with these guys, had a pretty good bowl game because Matt Corral got hurt. And we're going to criticize Dart because he couldn't go in there and beat him out right away. Really? Like, I think Dart's going to be fine. So now you see the light on the incumbent actually having a leg up in the quarterback competition, given that he's been in the system. I have openly admitted that you two were right on CJ Stroud. Like, I mean, I'm not afraid to take L's and admit them in public. I don't, I don't come out here. I'm just the hero that everybody needed and, or the bad, the villain that people need for this show. Like I I'll take the L I took an L on CJ Stroud. You guys were right. People want to talk about Altmaier kind of struggling in that bowl game last year. So Luke Altmaier in, in that bowl game against a Baylor defense that's very, that was very, very good last year. And I'm going to talk about that here in just a second. 15 for 28 for 174 yards, a touchdown, and two interceptions. Coming off the bench cold, was not expecting to touch the field that game. Had like eight pass attempts the entire year leading up to that. Like not the ideal situation. I thought he acquitted himself pretty well. Looking at some of Baylor's defensive game logs last year, guys, a certain quarterback that we love, that we absolutely love, went 9 for 18 for 142 yards, zero touchdowns, two interceptions against them. Anyone want to take a guess as to what what Big 12 quarterback last season put up that performance well, against was Baylor? It, was it the King Caleb Williams? It was no Caleb wrong. Williams. Oh, my God. Yes. He's untouchable, though. So just I, I think like people were like, well, Mark, you know, he struggled in that bowl game. It's like, man, like I think for the circumstances he actually played very very well in that bowl game like i think people i still think dart is probably overall a better player but like luke luke almar is a perfectly good player in his own right i think if you want to transfer and go somewhere else he could play a lot of places i agree which is why i think they've handled it the way they're handling it like no i'm not trying to say i hope I, what i said was me trying to say altmar is a bad player i don't think that i just think that's why everybody's criticizing dart for not coming in and immediately beating out altmar a week into camp Altmaier is a good quarterback and he's already been there lows that system. Like it's not going to be easy for a guy like Dart to just come in and immediately be the starter. I'll go as far as to say that Altmaier's performance in that game as a freshman was just as impressive as Drake May's debut last week against Florida AM. and Like, well, I was just told by you that sucks. So Dart should definitely <clears throat> start this weekend against Troy. Chris Moxley in Ann Arbor, Jim Harbaugh, no Aiden Hutchinson, no David Ajabo. The last I checked, those guys are getting replaced with like three-star players. There aren't, there aren't, I don't know that there's elite talent along that defensive line. Could be mistaken the last time I looked. It feels like a lot is hanging on JJ McCarthy being the five-star guy who went to IMG, who can like elevate the entire like the program, essentially. It seems like a lot is hanging on JJ McCarthy to be that player after Michigan beat Ohio State last year, after they went in a playoff game. I think if you're a Michigan fan, you have to hope that he went, not only does he win this job, but that he proves to be someone who is different. What is the, what is your, what do you think the likelihood is, is that that's going to be the case for the Wolverines? I don't know. I, whatever Jim Harbaugh hears from, uh, his, uh, I feel like Harbaugh does this to all of us. his priest. Yeah. Whatever he hears from his priest on Sunday is probably what's going to happen next Saturday. 
Um, so a little background for those who haven't who have not heard of the situation. Um, apparently, his decision to start Cade McNamara week one and JJ McCarthy week two is uh, biblical, as if he is Moses carrying the Old Testament that or the. Uh, <laughs> I'm just laughing at Matt's. <laughs> Matt's. <laughs> If, as if he's Moses going down a mountain, right? I don't know what, what the heck's going on here at Michigan. I'm going to be totally honest with you. I have no clue what is going on. J.J. McCarthy is the more exciting player. He is the big arm. He's flashy. He's fun. Caden McNamara is safe. He He's uh, a game manager, to be totally honest. And it was effective last year. It worked last year. It was good enough to get them to the playoffs. Beat Ohio State. Um, if you guys can see that game, huge win at the end of the year, uh, really, really impressive, uh, game in their rivalry, uh, really exciting for the Michigan program. Re you should go back and watch it at some point. Um, I don't think they could do that this year. And I think it's a lot of it. A lot of it is the same reasons that you brought up Felix. Like they don't have two studs on the defensive line. Their defense line is going to be okay. I think it's going to be a, a good unit. I don't think it's going to be the same thing we saw last year. So they need a guy like McCarthy who can make plays that McNamara just Aiden can't. Hutchinson and David Ajabo drove that team last year. They drove yeah. that team last year. Yeah. And they have Mazai Smith, who I think is a good player, uh, but he's a defensive tackle. And I, I think he's more of like a run stuffer than he is someone who's going to be like exploding the backfield and, and breaking through the line of scrimmage all that often. Um, just, they just don't have the same talent. And, and so I think you need a guy like McCarthy and I hope he wins the job. I'm not a JJ McCarthy fan as much. I just think he's way, he's way too raw and I'm not sure he could ever get there. He just plays way too out of structure for um, like NFL upside, but I think he could be a really good college quarterback actually. Mac last year, McNamara and that team getting to the playoff is the worst thing that could have possibly <laughs> happened to Michigan and Michigan fans, right? Like, <laughs> His hubris, like, haha, I can win. I can win the Big Ten with like literally a tackle dummy at quarterback was not not great for the long term there for them. Yeah, I I laughed Moxley because it's just embarrassing that that dude beat Ohio State. It's just embarrassing that the guy who says that his QB Aiden is biblical. I agree with you. It was Aiden it was Hutchinson and, and Ajabo. I mean, what did what did McNamara throw in that game? Like eight ball? It was did he have like eight or nine pass attempts in that Ohio State game. I don't even think he passed that much. So, yeah, it was – I agree with Mox. Like, I think McCarthy – the thing is, we know Harbaugh plays it safe. But if you go the biblical route, like, he's a dude who – Cade McNamara is the, the nice little choir girl, and he's sitting there, and she's pretty. And then you got the uh, – what's what? the – I don't want to say anything bad here. Um, this, you're a stretch girl this who, analogy. Am I? You're this a stretch. is terrible. Okay, it's, ter sorry. it's absolutely terrible. I apologize. He's gonna go. You want to keep trying? You want to? No, going? he's gonna go with McNamara. So there you go. Do you want to talk McNamara, about the offering no. plate and what's the? No, I was gonna say like I'm trying to think of a good way to describe JJ McCarthy without being off color or saying something that's gonna. Get yeah, we just got a new show. Let's not. Do yeah, this. let's, let's not do this. On. There you go. Kate if, McNamara is gonna start for Michigan. McNamara I, had 159, uh, 159 yards and an interception last year against Ohio State. Hassan Haskins had 169 yards and five touchdowns. <laughs> So How I many don't passes think this was, was, it, yeah. was it like nine? He have like nine he, pass attempts? Either 19. 19. Okay. Yeah. It didn't have to throw Michigan, a whole lot. I think Michigan is like a seven win team this year and that they're like the Outback Bowl or something like that. I don't think that this is a very good football team. 
but we are oh, that, to that that's hot. That's the hottest. They have a, they have a pretty night. easy schedule. Yeah. They have a very easy schedule. Um, is there anything else that we need to talk about? Is that it? I think that's it. Uh, make sure you check us out on Saturday. Like we said, check us out on the Better Sports app tomorrow at 11 a.m. Eastern time, and then on Saturday at 8 a.m. Eastern time. C2C Army show out for us and of course i mean we've always got the podcast network the articles 90 percent of our content is free but if you want to support campus it's only 2.99 a month to get you started to play in the fastest growing format that there is the best format that there is the most um all-encompassing format that there is that's going to be our show for tonight. Apologies to Kirk Herbstreet. We ran out of time. We'll get him rescheduled soon for Matt Bruning and Austin Nace and Chris Moxley. I'm Felix Sharp. Good night and good luck. Intercepted by Eli Apple at the 25, and Apple will go to the ground at the 32, and that's it. Ohio State National Champions for the eighth time as they defeat Oregon 42 to 20. Here's Tua stepping back, loads up, looks long, throws, end zone, touchdown, touchdown Alabama, Devontae Smith, touchdown Alabama. And the Crimson Tide has once again ascended to the top of the college football mountain. Their fifth national championship in nine years. Their 17th overall. And for Watson takes a snap, rolls right, looks at the end zone. Hunter and Bob caught it. Touchdown! 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 With a second left, Watson hits Renfro. And Clemson grabs a 34-31 lead and is one second away from the second national championship in school history. Hill, just in front of his end zone, has a man out there. It is Ranger, and he's off to the races. Nobody will catch him. Freshman. Made the adjustments in the second quarter. Dobbins again, more than 10 yards per carry. He'll add to that. Goodbye. Touchdown, Ohio State. From 52 yards.